Hosea chapter 14 and verse number 1. And I, I wish that I had the ability to read this text in the spirit in which it was sent. Because there are some things that you can miss if you're not paying attention. And when you read Hosea chapter 14, you cannot miss the first word. Oh, everybody say oh. Oh, Israel. It is an expression of deep desire. Return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. And verse 2, he said, take with you words and turn to the Lord and say unto him, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously, so will we render the calves of our lips. And Asher shall not save us, and we will not ride upon horses, neither will we say any more to the work of our hands, you are our gods. For in thee the fatherless findeth mercy. Verse 4, he said, I will heal their backsliding, and I will love them freely, for mine anger is turned away from him. And everyone said amen. I want to talk to you for a few moments tonight or this morning from a simple subject. There is a way back. There there is a way back. Say that with me. There is a way back. And everybody said amen. You may be seated. It is easy in a world in which we live that is sordid and soiled to oftentimes lose our vital touch with God. It is not an uncommon thing for people to lose their sense of spiritual equilibrium in the world in which we are now living. It is far too easy for that to happen. Far too easy for us to become spiritually disconnected and spiritually alienated from the one who loves us the most and the one who cares for us more than anyone else. It is possible for us to fall from a place or a relationship or a position. And it is possible for us to stumble in our walk with God. But any fall is tragic. And we all fall at times. Who among us today can say that I am closer to God today than I've ever been? Who among us today could stand and clear-eyed and clear mind say that I am as close to God as I have ever been in my life. There may be a few, but the vast majority of us probably would hesitate because all of us understand and know to some degree that we do not always live up to our potential. 
We do not always live up to our ability or our calling. And when we come at this thing called life, we understand that maintaining life at its highest level is not an easy thing. And it is not an easy job. And it is a continual effort on our part to keep ourselves in touch with God. Because everything around us is trying to pull us away from that vital connection. The question that we need to ask today is this. Am I this moment living up to my potential as a person, as an individual, as a child of God? Am I as close to God as I Ought to be, and am I walking with Him in the way that He would desire for me to walk with Him? Am I all that that I should be for God? That is the question that all of us need to ask ourselves, because we can fall. All of us can fall for many different reasons and we can fall away from many different things. But all of us have the potential of falling and stumbling. Unless some of you would turn me off this morning before I get started, let me remind you of what our text says to us this morning. Our text reminds us that it is possible for the most blessed and gifted of people to drift away from the Lord. It is possible for those who have been the most favored and the most blessed to not live where they ought to live. We know better, but we're not living up to what we know. You see, in our text, most of the book of Hosea was written in reference to Ephraim. And the name Ephraim spoke of two things. It spoke of a son of Jacob, and it also spoke of a people, a a nationality, or a tribe. And in this reference, it was speaking of more than just the man, although it was referencing him It was speaking more of an accumulative group of people. In this setting, it was talking about the northern tribes or the northern kingdom of Israel. And when you look at Ephraim and you go back to his beginning, you realize that Ephraim, from the beginning, the prophecy that Jacob made over him was that he would be fruitful. Everybody say fruitful. He would be productive, that he would be successful, that he would be profitable in his endeavors, that he would see abundance and he would know prosperity and there would be fertility in his camp and in his labor and in his effort. And there would be a certain effectiveness about his life that he was going to be fruitful And he was going to multiply. What a blessing for God to place upon any person to say to them that you are going to know abundance and you are going to be gifted with certain abilities and talents and skills that are going to bring blessings and success into your life. 
And you're going to know the very best. You're going to know life at its ultimate. And you are going to enjoy the best things in life. And yet throughout this prophecy and throughout the writing of Hosea, none of these things are mentioned of Ephraim. But on the other hand, he is described as a people who were in need and they were lacking and they were empty and they were barren and they were in a spirit of dryness. There there was a spiritual famine going on in their life. And you look at that and you think, what happened? How did Ephraim move from being fruitful and blessed and abundant and successful to now God is looking at him and he said, You're not that way anymore, Ephraim. Your successes have dried up and your fruitfulness no longer is there. And now when I look at you, what I see is need and what I see is lack and what I see is emptiness. And when I look at you, I see barrenness and unfruitfulness and I see a dried person. What a fall Ephraim had made. He had stumbled The nation had stumbled. They had collapsed under the weight of life and they were not living up to their potential. They were not living up to their calling. They were not being what God had called them to be. You hear me this morning. It can happen to the best of us. Amen. It can happen to the best of us. The best of us can slip. The best of us can slide back. The best of us can grow cold. The best of us can become calloused. The best of us can allow things to slip into our life that, that, that chill the Spirit of God in our life. The, the best of us can let things go from our life that are vital and important. And so it was in our text of this people. And when, when that happens... When we let things slip away or we become cold or callous spiritually, there are a lot of things that begin to happen. There are numberless ills and there are nameless things that begin to creep into our life and they take the place of the blessing, the prosperity, the success, all of the fruitfulness are replaced by these other things that are much less desirable. You see, my friend, to fall is simply to move from a higher place to a lower place. That's what a fall is. It's moving from here to there. And so it had happened to Ephraim. They had fallen. It was simply to not live to their potential. It was to frustrate the grace of God. You know, I've read that scripture many times and it haunts me. What does that mean to frustrate the grace of God? When Paul was writing the New Testament church and he said, make sure that you don't frustrate the grace of God. I've often wondered, God, what do you mean by that? And as I look at that verse of Scripture, I realize that what he's simply saying to me is, I have a plan for your life. I have a way that I want to bless you. My thoughts of you are good and they are to bring you to an expected end. I have a future planned out for you. And if you will just allow me to work my plan in your life, 
I'm going to bring you somewhere you're going to want to be. I'm going to take you places you're going to want to go. And if you just let me have my way in your life, I will do better to you than you can imagine. I will bless you more than you deserve. And yet Paul seemed to indicate that it's possible for me as a person to frustrate God's ability to do that in my life. That I can have, a, 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 that I can live in a way that, that, that causes God to not be able to do that. Or that I can have an attitude that will not allow God to prosper me the way that he wants to prosper me. And so Hosea defines for us a picture. He paints a vivid picture of this people who were blessed and they were anointed and they were gifted and talented and yet they are frustrating the grace of God. They, they are frustrating God's divine purpose for their life and God is looking at them and saying, oh no, this is not what I had in mind for you. This is not how I wanted your story to end. This is not how I wanted your life to turn out. And God began to speak to them. God came and he began to talk to them and speak to them in some of the most simple yet profound ways that you can ever imagine, trying to get their attention and wake them up. And so it is today. There are many people that feel trapped. Even some of you here this morning, you, you feel like there's, risk, there's just no way out. When you look at where you are and you look at where you know you ought to be, you think, God, that's too wide a gap. I can't, I can't make those meet. When we look at our lives and we realize that we've made bad choices or we've made poor decisions and, and our own human failings and weaknesses have trapped us, we feel like there's no way out. And, and we, we, we hold on for a while, but then we begin to give in to the inevitable. We just give in to the fact that it's just the way it is. I'll never be any better than I am. And some people are held by an invisible force this morning that they can't seem to break. I've watched it work in many people's lives. They fall into a hole and they can't seem to get out of it. Amen. They fall into a hole. Worse than that, they dig a hole. <laughs> you know what the first law of holes is? If you're in one, quit digging. <clears throat> but needless to say, there are people that are in a hole today. And I got to thinking about that this morning. They, they've fallen, and I don't know if you've ever been down in a hole and try to get out. And the walls are slippery, and there's no foothold, there's nothing to get hold of. You're thinking in your mind, if I can just get my hand on a root, or if I can just get a, a little crack in the ground, it, it will give me some leverage. But as hard as you try, there's just nothing you can seem to get your hand on that will give you any leverage to pull yourself up and get a better perspective. I wonder this morning, am I talking to anybody here this morning that feels like you're in that kind of hole and you've been reaching, you've been trying to get hold of something that will give you a little leverage or it will give you some advantage, it will help give you a little boost. It'll do what Brother Jay said. It'll be that push that you get so you can pop that clutch and you can get this thing moving again, but the, you don't have anybody to push your vehicle. You don't have anybody to help you. You don't have any, any way in your own mind that you feel like you can get out. 
Well, I have good news for you today. I've come to give you something that will help you get out. Amen. I've come today to give you something to hold on to. Some of you that have been trying to figure out and you've been doing it on your own. You've been working real hard trying to dig yourself out of this hole and you've tried to do it without anybody knowing about it, without talking about it to other people. But the harder you try, the farther you are behind, the deeper you are. And you're just so messed up right now. You've got so much stuff on you right now. You don't even know how to think right. You don't even know how to talk right. Well, let me just give me your ear for just a moment this morning. And I want to give you something that you can get hold of. And once you get hold of it, it will enable you to pull yourself up. It will enable you to get yourself in a place where God can bless you and God can touch you and turn your life around. I want to give you a foothold today that will help you climb out of that hole. Because I want to tell you there is a way back. There is a way out. Something that if you will avail yourself of can bring you to the place that you want to be. It will bring restoration It will bring renewal. It will bring revival into your life. It will give you that advantage. It will give you that boost that you need to get going again. After having pinpointed their problems in the book of Hosea, God concludes his word to them with simple thoughts. God is a good God. He doesn't just point out our faults and leave us with them But he always prescribes a remedy. And so he did. And here it is. Folks, I want to tell you how to get out of any situation. I want to tell you how to climb out of any hole that you've fallen into or you've dug yourself into. I want to tell you how to get back into the flow of God's blessings for your life. I want to tell you how to get back to the place where the anointing flows over your life like you've known it in the past. I want to tell you about a way to get you back to that fruitfulness and that success in your life and the joy and the peace that comes with I want to tell you how to get back tonight, this morning. I want to tell you how to get out. I want to give you a way out that in spite of your condition and in spite of your faults and your failures, there is a way out. And God gives a simple solution, and this is what God says to Ephraim, who is in a hole. And they've been trying to pull their way out. And the reason I know that is because of what I read, and and I need to read it again. But this is what he said, Asher shall not save us. So that means that they had been going to Asher, trying to get Asher to help them get their spirit back. He said, Asher cannot help you and will not, you, you will not ride upon his horses. You're, you're not going to find your help in that direction and neither will we say any more of the works of our hands. You are our gods. So I know that Ephraim has been trying to get out of that hole. I, I know they've been trying to get over that hump. I know that in their mind they woke up in the morning and they thought, Oh God, I've got to get back to you. I, I've, got, I, I've got to get that restored relationship. I, God, I, I need you in my life. I know they must have been thinking something along that line because the Word said they were making attempts in themselves to right their ship. But nothing they did could help them right their ship. And so God comes with a simple solution. And this is what He says. 
I want you to get it. Are you listening? This is how you get out. God said, take words. Take words. I'm not asking you to bring me something you don't have. I'm not asking you to bend over backwards and do something you're incapable of doing. I'm not asking you to go borrow, beg, prime, bleed. I'm not asking you to rob Peter to pay Paul. All I'm asking you to do is take hold of a resource that you have and begin to utilize that resource that you have that has an effect upon my heart. And that when you begin to utilize that resource, it does something to me as your God. And it causes me to want to open my arms. And it causes me to want to wrap my arms around you and pull you in. And he said, the resource that you have are your words. Say it with me, your words. He said, take words, simple words, yet sincere words. Real words. I wonder this morning, I wonder what would happen if some of us would just get real this morning. We would quit all the pretense and all the facade and quit playing, masquerading. I'm not trying to be facetious or humorous, but I was thinking about this this morning and I heard the story about a woman who had lived a very diligent life, but she had not, it was always a struggle to live and, and get by. And one day God visited her and he said, you know, I've seen your faithfulness and I've watched you and uh, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to prosper you. You're going you're gonna to have more money than you've ever had. You're going to be able to do things you always dreamed to do. And the woman woke up and, and sure enough, God began to bless her. And oh my, money started coming in. She had things she'd never had. And so she did what a lot of people do. She decided, man, I'm going to fix this, this wagon up. And so she went and had a facelift and she went and had a, a body tuck and she went and had her hair dyed and cut and, and made up and, and all those things. And, and then one day while she was walking out of the doctor's office, stepped out in the road and wham, a truck ran over and killed her dead. And, and she gets to heaven and she's talking to God. She said, God, I don't understand this. You told me that after all these struggles, you were going to bless me and you were going to multiply me and you were going to give me a long life and here I am taken out in my prime. What happened, God? God said, well, the problem is I just didn't recognize you. I wonder how many times God has wanted to help us, but he just couldn't recognize us because of all the facade that we had up. All the pretense. Our situation is desperate, but we're not. We're so, we're, we're so afraid of what somebody might think or say or what they might do if we really step out and do what God prompts us to do that we become captive of what others think rather than liberated by the power of what God wants to do in our life. And the truth is, God said, I want to give you a secret to my heart. God said, I want to give you the secret to my heart, and the secret to my heart are your words. 
And if you will just bring your words and come, if you will just get real with me, quit playing this game. You know what's so strange? It's almost humorous sometimes. People come in and they smile and they carry on like everything's just hunky-dory and their life is so messed up as if, if they can fool me, they can fool God. Folks, you need to quit worrying about me. You need to start worrying about what God thinks about what we're doing. You say, Brother use nobody else knows. And if nobody else knows, you know, what's, what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. <clears throat> Do we really think that God doesn't see all, that he doesn't know all? He does. And yet... He doesn't look at us like we look at ourselves. When God looked at Ephraim, he rebuked them. He spoke pretty clearly to them. But he also remembered who he was. And he said it, I am your God. You know what's so amazing to me is that even in my failures, God is not ashamed to still identify himself with me. That even when I am less than what I ought to be, even when I've fallen from my place, even when I'm not living up to my potential, God still speaks to me and he says, I am your God. I am your God. If you'll just take words and call on me, if you'll take your words, not somebody else, not what somebody else might say or what they might do, but I want to hear your words. I, I want to hear you speaking to me. I want to hear your cry to me. If you will just take words, there's something happens when you take your words and you begin to open up to me. It does something to my heart. God said, I can't stay away from that. I can't refuse that. I want to help that person. I'm here to tell somebody that the way out, the way back from whatever situation you're in begins with your words and what you begin to say to Him. Hallelujah. Lift your hands with me right now and let's praise Him. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, God, that we would just get real this morning, that we would not play church and we would not play games or we would not play with spiritual things today, but we would get real, Lord, in our spirit and in our words. Oh, God, that we would quit posturing, that we would quit pretending, God, that we would just be open and honest before you today. God, I need your help. I can't get out of this mess by myself. I can't get out of this hole that I'm in. I, I can't get over the hump, Lord. I don't have anybody to push my vehicle. I don't have any way to get jump started today. I, I need that help today, God. I need you this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, I feel the presence of the Lord here right now. Would you just close your eyes and just feel after the Lord? Would you open your mouth?
and begin to use your words to begin to talk to him. Oh, God, I need your help today. I need your hand upon me this morning. I I need your mercies. I need your grace. I want to get back to that place of favor and blessing. And I want to get back to that place of fruitfulness. I want to get back to that place of bounty. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Would you stand with me? I I don't feel like I can go on anymore. I feel the Lord's here right now. And He's just waiting on somebody to take your words and come to Him. He's just waiting on you to realize that you're not going to get yourself out of that mess any other way. You're not going to get out of it in any other fashion. You're not going to use any other tool other than your own words. As simple as they may be, but sincere as they can be. Oh God, help me today. Help me today. Help me today. Help me today. Uh, I want to get back to that place. Lord, I want to know you like I have known you. I, I want the blessings and favor of God upon my life today. I want the power and the anointing of God to flow over my life again. I, I want your spirit to reside in my home and in my heart. I'm tired of playing games and I'm tired of the facade. I'm, try, I'm tired of trying to keep up with all of that. I'm tired of all of the lies and all of the misinformation that, that I've put out about where I am and who I am. God, I just want to be honest with you this morning. I just want to be sincerely honest with you today. Oh, God, help me.